Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. Welcome back to Rocky Talkie, a Rocky Horror Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything Rocky Horror. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nikki. What a miserable fucking week it has been. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> like the past week for, at least for anyone who is not in the tri-state area of like New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, I guess. And then the small ones that are to the east of New York that nobody cares about. Like it has been miserable this week. It's been so fucking hot and now it's raining and it's freezing and we're going into June and what is happening? You could you lost me there for a minute because I was gonna say it is May thirtieth and I don't know about y'all but it is forty degrees where I live. <laughs> I had to wear my winter coat to go to the bagel store. Well, aside from this week being miserable outside, Aaron, Nikki, how have y'all been? How have your weeks been? What have you done? Miserable. What John. have you done? <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> Oh, you know, despite the weather, this week hasn't been too bad for me. I uh, I reinstalled Team Fortress 2. Oh, well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Uh, I also installed Overwatch, uh, mm-hmm. played, played about three hours of that, and then went and literally reinstalled Team Fortress 2 uh, because Overwatch sucks and ultimate abilities are fucking dumb. So uh, Overwatch does suck, and that's why I play it. But when I wasn't sitting on my ass playing video games, we were cleaning up the house. We're looking at selling. So oh. we're, yeah, yeah. We're looking, looking to get that sweet, sweet money out of people trying to escape out of the city. Uh, so we've been cleaning up the house, getting everything in tip-top shape, ready to look at. That's going to be our next month over here in uh, Aaron land. Uh, what have you been up to, Nikki? How was your week? It was really good. Um, me and Josh celebrated our anniversary on Friday. So we went out and we saw A Quiet Place Part 2. And this, that's the first time I've been in a movie theater other than like Rocky stuff since before COVID. So I was really excited because like I missed the whole like new movie experience. Uh, and it was really good. It was such a good movie. I absolutely recommend seeing it when you can because it was phenomenal. It was at like the same par as the first movie. And I was really excited. Um, but yeah, it was overall, it was just like a really good week. Uh, I tried the BTS meal from McDonald's. I got the new sauces. They were absolutely baller. I recommend. It was dope. It was a cool week. Wait, what kind of new sauces? They I'll have a Cajun sauce sauces. and a sweet chili sauce. Shut up, John. All right. Interesting. I didn't like the sweet chili because I'm not like, I don't even like anything like chili flavored. But the Cajun sauce, oh my God. I need it in a bottle, and I need it in my fridge yesterday. Is that a euphemism? Yes. Does somebody want to ask me how my weekend was? No, I think we should just move on to global news. All right, yeah, that's valid. So we're starting off this week with a <laughs> How bit was of... your week, John? What did <laughs> oh, you do? Oh, I thought we were actually just going to do it. I thought that no. would be funny. Uh, I didn't really do anything this week, honestly. A lot of streaming, a lot of existing I think the most important part about this past week is that for work, I'm officially in summer mode. And for those of you who do not know, I work in higher education, so I work at a college in New York City. And there's really nothing to do right now. Like, students have graduated. Everyone is on summer break. And we're still virtual. So I'm just kind of, like, waking up at – because I work 11 to 7. I'm just kind of waking up at 11 and just playing Overwatch all day. And getting paid to do it, which is pretty stinking neat. And it's going to be like that for the next three months. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, man. I'm really excited for you. 
Yeah, that is the life right there. It really is. It really is. I get to work for, uh, quote unquote, I get to work <laughs> from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then I stream from 730 until whenever the fuck I feel like finishing. And I get paid for both of them. And it's lovely. So despite it being horrible outside, I wouldn't even know. That was literally just like me being an alien trying to communicate with people who actually go outside. Because I don't even have like a window near me. I don't know what's going on out there. <laughs> the world is a different place. It, it really is. Oh, wait, I did something terrible this week, and I want to share it because I'm embarrassed. Yeah. I'm fully vaccinated now. My two weeks are up. So I was going to have like a little barbecue with all of my friends from Memorial Day weekend that got vaccinated. But the problem is I can't open my, we weren't able to open our pool this weekend. So I was like, no big. I spent like 250 bucks and I bought a bunch of inflatable pools off Amazon and I had them expedite the shipping so I could have it for Sunday. Now it's torrentially downpouring. So I canceled the barbecue and we're opening the pool. So now I just have all these giant pools that I'm never going to use living in my garage forever. Hook John up. I hear that he uh, he needs to do a hot tub stream. Yeah, we might all have to get our own ones and just hot tub stream Rocky Talkie from now on. Rocky Talkie hot tub stream. That is a genius idea. Hmm. <laughs> That's a genius idea. Let's do it, folks. <laughs> Speaking of horrible ideas, with that, let's get started with our first segment. With global news this week, we're starting off with a bit of sad news. Freddie Marks, who performed in the premiere run of the Rocky Horror Show in the UK, has passed away last Thursday, May 20th. He lived just long enough to celebrate my birthday. Yet Freddie wasn't in the initial cast at the Royal Court Theatre, the classic cinema, otherwise you would already know his name. Uh, instead, he joined the original run uh, in January of 1977 at the King's Road Theatre. He performed as Brad, opposite Ellie Smith and later Pippa Hardman as Janet. His run as Brad ended in September of 1979, shortly after the show moved to the Comedy Theatre. He was replaced by Stephen Devereaux for the show's remaining run through September of 1980. Of course, the show was revived in 1983 for the joint KMT Theatre Royal Hanley Tour and has been consistently performing in the UK from then until the present day. Unlike most of us, Mr. Marks had a vibrant life outside of Rocky Horror and is most well known for his work on Rainbow, which was a UK television show for kids, kind of similar to Sesame Street. <laughs> the show was called Rainbow? That's, that's a little ironic considering Brad is like our ultimate cis-hetero white guy, you know? <laughs> You say that, Aaron, and you're not wrong, but Freddie's time with this kid's show was pretty fantastic. Freddie joined the cast of Rainbow in 1980. The show had been running since November 1972 and would continue to run with the now popular trio of Rod Burton, Freddie Marks, and Jane Tucker until December 1992, an impressive 20-year runtime. Rainbow had been through two other cast members. Matthew Corbett and Roger Walker before Mark, Rod, and Jane came together to form the most popular trio of the show, which was Rod, Jane, and Freddie. The same year Freddie joined the cast of Rainbow in 1980, Rod, Jane, and Freddie were approached by ITV, which is a competitor of the BBC, to do their own show simply titled Rod, Jane, and Freddie, which was a 15-minute children's show with 120 episodes that helped skyrocket the three to stardom. 
Rod, Jane, and Freddie's last episode aired March 1991, giving the trio over a decade in the spotlight of UK children's television. During their careers, they made over 2,500 songs, as well as 10 albums and 24 videos. I think everyone will be happy to hear, just like any good Rocky Horror cast, this trio of actors was plagued by incestuous activities. Not literally, of, of course. Uh, Freddie joined the cast of Rainbow in 1980, but just a year earlier, his other two castmates, Jane Tucker and Rod Burton, had been divorced. They were married previously. Mark began seeing Jane in 1985, and rumors of some weird menage a trois shit between Rod, Jane, and Freddie sprang up in the tabloids sometime around 2008. But true to his Brad roots, Freddie and Jane were pretty vanilla, and they ended up getting married in 2016. Sadly, Freddie was diagnosed with cancer back in January and passed away just shy of his fifth anniversary with Jane. But he did live long enough for my birthday. <laughs> he left a stellar legacy behind and he will be missed by many. Thank you for bringing so much joy to so many people, Freddie. We'll see you on the other side. Next up, we've got a few pieces of Barry Bostwick news, little tiny crumbly pieces, and we'd like to welcome, or not, our writer-in-resident Uncle Barry correspondent, Jacob, to join us on the air. Hey, Jacob! Hi, everybody! Glad to be here, although I do wish it were under less morose circumstances. Yes, now, Barry has always been a very active artist, and he has a packed resume for his years in the industry. Unfortunately, it seems one of his recent projects, Inside the Actor's Studio, is going to be coming to a close. This sucks, guys. This sucks, and no one understands. Inside the Extra Studio has been bringing laughter and happiness to the hearts and minds of literally hundreds of YouTube viewers since their first episode on October 15th, 2015, and canceling them now is like cutting off their legs just as they learn to walk. They've had three seasons over six years, and they broke 50k viewers in season two, and if NBC can't realize how that makes them deserving of four more years, then they're blind. Jacob, okay, NBC doesn't control YouTube, and YouTube shows don't get renewed. Don't most of their videos have, like, a few hundred viewers? Oh, sure, guys. Laugh in my face. Like, I don't understand ratings or general public taste. I get it, guys. It's everyone else who is totally blind. Mildly Fearsome Films, the YouTube channel responsible for Inside the Extra Studio, saw how promising it all was and made the spin-off series Worst Extra Ever. But most Worst Extra Ever videos can't even crack 1K. Everyone is just out here shitting on Barry and dragging his name through the mud. Just like his long, pendulous phallus dragging through the mud as he walks pantsless over a pile of mud. Sometimes, in my private thoughts, I like to think of him as Uncle Tripod. You spending a lot of time thinking about Barry's cock in mud, Jacob? <laughs> We're literally cutting off their pee-pee just as they're learning to plow. And sure... Sure, everyone's so fucking ready to point the finger at me. And I'll admit it, I've been busy seeing a new girl. I think her name is Andrea. I call her Barry. And I've been spending a lot of my time making both of us wear cardboard Barry masks. And yeah, I've been shirking my responsibilities to Barry for it. Jacob, aren't you at your grandmother's house right now? Did you just say my bestie Andrea's name? There are so many questions. I am at my grandmother's house, and I'm I'm getting kind of worried about screaming the word cock and, and <laughs> letting things so much yeah, she can that's... definitely hear me. 
While I added all three seasons and 30 episodes, as well as the three bonus outtake episodes to their IMDb page, as well as made the IMDb page for Inside the Extra Studio, I didn't make the episode summaries. I admit that. And I know that Daddy Barry is disappointed in me for that. That's a cross I'm willing to bear. But I can't stand you, the fans, trying to blame me for what happened to Inside the Extra Studio. Sure, Inside the Extra Studio started out with a great cast of happy, playful people who make every episode a delight to watch, but they tried to use consistent guest appearances to promote their brand, which never works. It's not my fault Inside the Extra Studio built a strong sense of self alongside a plethora of names, like that really thick, nerdy guy who got to make out with a supermodel in that GoDaddy commercial, apparently his name is Jesse Hyman, or Doug Jones. He played the fish man in both Hellboy and The Shape of Water. You'd think he'd be moderately famous, but then he's collabing with this. And John Cozart, who sings on YouTube and has almost 5 million followers. That's literally more people than CNN can hope for in a week. CNN's daily numbers are better than that, by the way. Yeah, just throwing that out there, Jacob. All right, all right. Wait, wait, wait to swing your cock around all over yeah. Barry's, Barry's bit, okay? This is about not you, Aaron. Right? Let's, <laughs> let's tone it down. Inside the Extra Studio was a great comedy show. Little five-minute comedy clips that took hysterical deep dives into the extra career space. Alongside fun new names every week, they just never found their audience. And were literally cutting off their toes just as they're learning to pick up dirty socks from the floor with their toes so they don't have to bend down anymore to put them in the pamper. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? As many guests as they had on, they couldn't co-opt anyone's audience and seemed to get lost in the algorithm. I mean, where was YouTube supposed to put it? Under S for sexy? F for funny? E for extra? If I can't tell you, with all the endless weeks of time I've spent watching Barry on a screen, what hope does a computer have to quantify it? Aaron? Buddy? Do you have any good news for me in these troubled times? Would you tell me about an upcoming public Barry appearance? Per perhaps in the Rayleigh area? All this talk of cancellation has really got me down. Yeah, man, I got you, bud. I mean, it's in the Raleigh area, but that's okay. You, you say it Rayleigh, I say it Raleigh, whatever you want. No, I, I say, you know, that's fine. Thanks for joining us, Jacob. We love you in... In a way that only a mother can. Toodaloo, everyone. What a guy? Yeah, I I can't even pretend like that was something. <laughs> no, guys. I mean, th this is legit, though. Like, Inside the Extra Studio is fucking hilarious. If you haven't gone and watched all of this shit on YouTube, Barry is funny. The supporting cast is funny. The spinoff series is funny. Go watch this shit. It is so entertaining. On that note, here you go, Jacob. Bring out your streamers and your noisemakers and whatever other shit you use in conjunction with Barry. Uh, GalaxyCon Raleigh will be live in the flesh at the Raleigh Convention Center from July 29th to August 1st this year. Notable among the artists in attendance will be none other than Barry Bostwick, selling autographs and professional photo shoots, among other things. 
We've talked about a few Rocky Horror virtual panels that GalaxyCon has done, but they're more like a jacked-up Comic-Con filled with stars and creators from all corners. At this RallyCon, to name a few of their guests, they have a professional group of tap-dancing cosplayers, a group called Noise Complaint who weave together elaborate costumes with choreographed tap-dancing and improvisational acting. Those are words that I just said. Yeah. Jorge Janty will also be there with the booth. Janty is a prolific comic book artist who worked with Marvel and DC before opening his own comic studio, Studio Revolver. Joss Whedon also asked for this man personally to work on Dark Horse Comics' Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8 comic, which ended up netting Janty a multitude of awards. Oh, those were pretty good. Right? Mm. And I know, at this point, we're all thinking tap-dancing cosplayers, comic book writers, but John... Aren't there any panelists who aren't fucking weebs? <laughs> or Rocky Horror Shadowcasters? <laughs> Which one's better? <laughs> well, you're in luck, because GalaxyCon has just the nerds that you need. Celebrity guests like William Shatner, Captain Kirk, Lana Perilla, the evil queen of Once Upon a Time, and Jody Benson who voiced motherfucking Disney's Ariel, will all have a booth at GalaxyCon Rally. Can we just take a step back and appreciate the three biggest nerds in the world sitting here on the dweebiest podcast to have ever existed, acting like some of these big famous nerds are somehow cooler than some of these other big famous nerds? Let's just enjoy that for a moment, shall we? Less thinky, more rocky, please. (laughs) Barry will have a booth for all four days of GalaxyCon. He'll be there Thursday, July 29th, all the way to Sunday, August 1st. He'll have autograph sessions, photo ops, and he'll participate in a live Q&A. You can purchase a personal video chat with the man, the myth, the legend, the uncle, starting soon. Every in-person and virtual experience with Barry will go on sale on July 10th, including autograph signing on any items you'd like, and as Aaron already mentioned, future professional photo shoots with Barry can be bought. Thank you, Nikki. Remember, it's going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina, this upcoming July 29th to August 1st. It would be awesome to support GalaxyCon, but also, this is an anime thing in one of the Carolinas, so we won't fault anyone for sitting it out. You know what, Aaron? I just think you're jealous of the Carolinas and their anime. John, you want to get on to community news before I have to cancel Aaron for insulting the Carolinas? I mean, I would also like to insult the Carolinas, but Why can am I do. pro-Carolinas? <laughs> First up in community news... The Rocky Horror On Tour and Beyond Facebook group is currently holding a pre-tour costume competition for all members of the Rocky community to kick off the 2021 tour season. The contest has 13 different categories, one for each character. Frank, Janet, Brad, Magenta, Riff, Columbia, Rocky, Narrator, Slash, Krim, Eddie, Dr. Scott, The Transylvanians, The Usherette, and Original Design. My favorite character is Original yeah, Design. Yeah, I, I love Original Design. I love that part. In Rocky, where the original design, um, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We all know. Yeah. The page admins are calling one character at a time. When the character you play is called, you'll have a chance to submit a photo of yourself in costume. The category winner will be determined by the amount of likes each photo receives, and winners will advance on to the final round of the competition, the Grand Floor Show. Ooh! 
Whoever wins that bracket will receive a fun prize bag. I got your fun prize bag right here. Is that a dick joke? Yeah, obviously. Okay, good. Well, if you're interested in winning John's fun prize bag or entering the competition at all, you need to be over 16. All right, well, first off, you need to be a lot older than 16 (laughs) to win my fun bag. (laughs) But for the competition, you need to be over 16 and be part of the Rocky Horror on Tour and Beyond Facebook group, which we've linked to in our show notes. You can only enter one photo per category, so make sure to choose wisely. Anyone in the group can take part in the voting process. All you've got to do is go through the photos and like the ones that you think are best. I really don't like contests like this because it really, it does just kind of sound like a popularity contest to me. Dude, it's Rocky. It would be weird if it weren't a popularity contest. Yeah. Okay, but like, okay, gonna improv for a sec here. We all have the exact same costume. It's just like who's got more homies, you know what I mean? And who has a friend with a really, really, really good camera to make them look better yeah. than, like, the person who takes it on their iPhone. Or if someone looks good enough to, like, attract the homies of another person. Like, co-opt the homies. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Anything that is voted by, like, not a third party, like, you kind of can just get anybody involved. I'm like, Ugh, I'm head out. Are you saying you're not in favor of popularity contests? Yes. That seems very off-brand for you, Nikki. I was not popular, ever. Hold on, I gotta jump in on this one for one second, because yes, while costume contests in the Rocky Horror Picture Show community are always just deciding between four different versions of an Edge Creation costume, in the UK, for the stage show tours, people go fucking weird crazy, man. They have costumes that are out there you'll see stuff that's like brad from 15 tours ago or my own weird crossover of doctor who janet so like it's not all gonna be the same but it is still a popularity contest yeah so if you're popular right now the group is taking submissions for janet costumes so if you or someone you know has a bomb ass photo dressed as janet click the link in our show notes to submit and maybe win a prize the prize is my penis you know as long as you are like well over 16 (laughs) more categories will be announced soon so make sure you stay tuned to the group for new submission announcements how far over 16 do we have to be because i'm this many and i'd like to compete (laughs) for your fun bag for my for my fun prize bag yeah of course what is it for yeah fun prize bag for my fun prize bag (laughs) uh let, let me have my age plus seven. Let me do the math on that and see if that is correct. How old am I right now? Uh, I'd say half my age plus like half my age plus 10, maybe. That seems like a safe bet. Speaking of new announcements, we've got some new indie design merch this week. The Fresh Prince of Hell's Lair is an independent art shop that writes, creates, designs, and sells custom newspaper front pages based on various movies and fandoms. Shop owner Sean Watson runs the storefront, which carries an incredibly wide array of fandom newspapers, from scary headlines reading Jason Voorhees Dead, who is the man behind the mask, to artsy stuff like Paris Voix, Death at the Moulin Rouge, to the comical Wet Bandits Captured. If you're a movie buff, this shop probably has a custom paper from a fandom that you're into. 
They carry over 160 unique designs, after all. Wait, okay. So that's Friday the 13th. Moulin Rouge is obviously Moulin Rouge. Who are the Wet Bandits? Oh, uh, the Wet Bandits are this gay team of porn stars who like, I mean, they're into water sports and uh, mostly just pissing on each other. They like to break into people's houses, start all of the water going, steal all of the Christmas presents, and then just piss on each other. It's Home Alone, Nikki. It's Home Alone. They're not gay. (laughs) What's happening? They're not gay at all. They're just two robbers who rob people and turn on the faucets. You're lying. Me? Yes. I thought, for for a good hard minute there, I thought they were like a new upstart porn group who like took their name from the Home Alone thing, you know, trying to cash in on all those people who grew up loving Home Alone and now are like, want to be horny by it. But you're just lying to me. I don't know. Speak into the talk boy. Oh, can I not be heard? <laughs> no, the talk boy is the thing that he has in the second Home Alone movie, the little thing that makes the sounds that he uses. To... You know what? Some of you haven't watched Home Alone as recently as I have, and that's a damn shame. I've never seen Home Alone. That is a damn shame. That is a damn shame. That's a damn shame. Anyway, Sean has recently started carrying a front page from none other than the Denton Daily with a headline that reads, Extraterrestrial Transsexuals, Creatures, Murder, Sex, Transvestites, and Time Warps. This paper is really freaking cute. They've got expose-style photos about a bunch of the characters, a bonus article about the ongoing search for everyone's favorite no-good cheap little punk, and even some cute little in-universe advertisements. It's got some major Weekly World News vibes in the best way. Nikki, you, you don't know who the Wet Bandits are, but Weekly World News is on the forefront of your mind? What can I say? I'm a woman of class. The prints come in three different sizes, are printed in high res on matte finish photo paper, and retail for like just under 15 pounds, which translates to roughly 20 US dollars or 1 one fiftieth of a franc jacket. If you're interested in shopping, we've got the storefront link for you in our show notes. Guys, do you know what time it is? No. Uh, 5.12 p.m.? Yeah. But also, do you know what other time it is? Time for everybody's favorite Nikki-flavored segment. No, but close. Wait, what time is it, Nikki? Is it time for one of our listeners to slap their gigantic, pulsating, throbbing Dongus Magnumus on the community table and talk about how fucking cool they are? Yes! Listen, most of the time, I hate hearing people talk about themselves unless they're talking about me, in which case they're not talking about themselves. But honestly, Big Dick Storytime is the single exception to that rule. Wait, but I tell you about my life all the time. Yes, you do. But you're such a good listener and always listen to my many, 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 many deeply crushing, soul-repelling problems. And you give me such good advice. Yes, I sure do. (sighs) This week's write-in is from the one, the only, Diet Rice. Yes! I love you, Diet Rice. I love you so, 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 so much. I love you so much. You set my soul on fire. Can I read it? Absolutely. Go for it, Nikki. Okay. Name, Diet Rice. The one and the only. You know. You know how it is. Message. Okay. I'm so excited. Here's my big dick story time. Back in the 80s, my dad would rent and then bootleg movies. He would make like 20 copies of Top Gun for my family and friends. Anyway, my mom was a big Rocky fan, so he of course did the same with Rocky. 
So the first time I saw Rocky was when I was three with my mom. Right off the bat, it was one of my favorites. That was my Disney movie growing up. I remember watching it and being blown away as a kid. After we first watched it, I asked if we could rewatch the rock and roll vampire movie. My mom was like, what the fuck? Uh, Okay, we can. Well, in the mid-90s, the town we lived in had a small rundown movie theater. My mom was taking me to see some kids' movie. Of course, we went to get popcorn, and behind the counter, they had prop bags. I only knew it was for Rocky because the bag said Rocky Horror on them. I freaked out and said, Mom, we have to go. And she said, maybe when you're 13. She did go by herself and ran into a guy shaving his legs in the ladies' room. To me, Rocky was amazing as a kid. I would just watch it on my bootleg VHS. I would bring that tape over to sleepovers and go, hey guys, this movie is amazing. (laughs) Not always a hit. But my small group of friends in elementary did like it. My one dream was to go to Rocky with my mom. But sadly, our small movie theater closed down and then my mom got sick. But every year around my birthday and Halloween, we would still watch it on VH1. Sorry to ramble a bit. I just wanted to share how big dick my Rocky story was. (laughs) Oh, man. What an awesome like quintessential finding rocky horror story good for your parents for being so cool with you watching it at such a young age i'm sure that experience helped instill the values that helped mold you into the reprobate you are today honestly though in in the mid 90s a lot of the themes in rocky were a lot less normalized than they are today i imagine that there were fewer parents back then who would have been okay with letting their kid watch tim curry's hot ass swishing around in those peep toe platforms I always applaud parents who teach their kids that it's okay and even cool to be different. I mean, fuck, mine sure did, and look at how I turned out. Different. That's, hey. (laughs) Honestly, I'm just really thankful that Diet Rice, a.k.a. Erica's dad, showed her the movie so young, because if he didn't, we might not have her today. And for those of you who don't know, Erica is a quintessential asset to FNS and its Rocky Horror experience. She has been our most devoted regular since like 2018, and I cannot imagine our show without seeing her in the front row every week with a big smile and a prop bag. And also, can we give a shout out to Mother Rice who walked in on the guy shaving his legs in the bathroom and to the guy who was probably getting into costume? We've all been there, buddy. (laughs) Real talk though, we all use the theater's public restrooms as our dressing rooms before showtime. Like, we ain't fancy. What is the weirdest shit an audience member has walked in on you doing? Or even worse, a theater patron who wasn't an audience <laughs> member. I have so many of these. Who wants to go first? Uh, I actually don't have a lot of stories myself. Like, the worst thing is just me putting my Frank makeup on and somebody comes in wondering what I'm doing. And having, like, a less than stellar reaction to it. Or, like, people coming in seeing me doing that and then immediately walking right out. Like... You know, stuff I feel like we've all dealt with. But there was this one night during our Halloween season where NYC does 9 p.m. and midnight shows. I was 9 p.m. Frank, and I was not on the final show at all. Savannah was Trixie at the 9 p.m. show and was supposed to be Frank for the midnight show. But then Savannah got hit with food poisoning, like, directly after they did their Trixie routine. And then spent the entirety of the 9 p.m. show shitting and vomiting (laughs) their brains out. Oh, my God. Like, like, to the point where, you know, when you're, like, crying because it's coming out too fast. And it's, like, (laughs) loud and all of that stuff. So she sat in the bathroom and did that for, like, two hours straight. 
fucking hot. Hot as hell, right? Literally the hottest thing that anyone has ever done in Rocky. I simply would pass away. I cannot imagine the theater patrons and their reactions to hearing, like, <laughs> and, ah, uh, like, for, like, two hours straight into the bathroom. Meg has never found a bucket so fast in her entire life. <laughs> this didn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. The only way that it affected me is that I had to play Frank again for the Midnight Show. And let me tell you, there are a lot of things that I will do for the Rocky Horror community, but playing Frank twice back-to-back is no longer one of those things. <laughs> That's fair, though, man. That's fair. I don't think I walked for, like, that entire Sunday after. <laughs> my feet were killing me. Oh, my God. I feel so bad. For who? Me or Savannah? Both. <laughs> I have, like, a laundry list of these stories, but I do have a favorite. One time we did a show at Rutgers, which is like, I'm sure everybody knows Rutgers, but it's just like a New Jersey college. Uh, and they have a, they have their own theater. It's called Rutgers Cinema and it's very big. And we do like, we do like two shows a year there. This was a Halloween show. It was fully sold out. I was playing Janet and I showed up to the theater like three hours early and I was getting ready in the bathroom. And it's like, I... I'm very spoiled at my home theater because when we do Rocky, there's nobody that's like else is in the theater. The only people that are in our theater are there for Rocky. So I like forgot that people can be in movie theaters and not know what Rocky Horror is. So I was in the women's bathroom and I was in my Janet bra pantyhose wrapped up right below my Janet bra, white underwear, standing in front of the mirror, bald in a wig cap, shaving my armpits. And these two college girls just like walked in, looked at this bald naked woman shaving in a bathroom sink and then just like looked at each other and walked out. And I almost like I didn't know what to do in that situation because my head, I wanted to like chase them out and explain why I was doing what I was doing. But then I realized like the bald naked woman chasing them out of the bathroom <laughs> is somehow worse. Which is why you so should have like, done it. I didn't know what to do. I literally just picked up all my shit and I went into one of the stalls and I locked the door. And I think I stayed there for like 45 minutes because I just had to like process what had happened to me. Um, but I'm sure that that definitely made it to some friend group chat. Like, what the fuck is going on at Rutgers Cinema tonight? It was an experience. Oh, man, that's a good one, Nikki. I It's bad. I, I don't have a ton of stories about, like, being in the bathrooms. I'm real good about going and finding a little corner to hide in while I do anything, getting ready for the show. But I do remember this one time when I had first joined a Rocky cast in the Midwest. And unlike over here on the East Coast, well, no, I mean, unlike in New York, but like in FNS, we got to drive to our shows, right? Well, one night I put on all my Eddie stuff. I drive, you know, partway to the theater, realize I got to get gas. And I stop at this gas station to pump a couple gallons of gas and go in. So I walk in to pay for the gas and the guy behind the counter just freaks out. And he starts like rushing over to the sink that's behind the counter and like grabbing paper towels and like coming over to me. And I'm just standing there like, what? what's going on man and he's like dude are you okay are you okay and that's when i realized like oh right okay i'm still in full makeup and whatever and i used to do 
Like, now I'm lazy. I just slap on a bunch of paint. But I used to do full, like, liquid latex for my Eddie scars and stuff. So apparently it looked good enough to fool this gas station attendant, who admittedly was probably high out of his mind. He's a gas station attendant in the Midwest. But, like, he just came over freaking out, like, dude, are you so okay? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine, man. Can I just pay for my gas and get going? I gotta go. I... I always liked wearing wearing the makeup out for that reason. It always got responses, so that was always fun. Yeah, I very much enjoy going into places that are not appropriate to be, like, half rockied and do it. Like, one time me and Andrea uh, went to a Taco Bell, and Andrea was wearing a bald cap and Columbia makeup, and we just walked right in and got tacos, and nobody said a damn thing, but you know everyone was thinking some weird shit was about to go down. Man, I want tacos. Hey, on Monday, we can get them. Hell yeah. Uh, back in the light ages, sometimes I would get out of work really late on Fridays. And I would get to the theater, like, too late for me to, like, get into Rocky costume. And sometimes I would be playing Frank. So sometimes I would actually leave work, go home, get into my Frank makeup, and then take the subway down. And, like, it's New York City, so not many people. Everyone is like, you've seen everything on a New York City subway. But the looks that you get, and I'm bald already. I don't have to wear a bald cap. But, like, I don't go in a full Frank costume, you know? I just go full Frank makeup in my bald-ass head out there. And the looks that you receive are unlike looks that I have received anywhere else in my life. (laughs) That's pretty great. What about you, Jacob? You got one of these fun stories? Um... Yeah, I don't have I don't have much. I only have ever really played Eddie, and there's not a lot that goes into that. Usually, I step into the bathroom for two seconds to put on pants, and I'm good to go. So people haven't really run into me. But there was one time. It was just after I had done Hapatuti, and I was going into the bathroom just to like be alone and chill. And I was in a stall, and this Irish dude came into the bathroom. And you'll find out how I know he was Irish later in the story. He walks into the bathroom and I think he thinks he's alone. Because he like he's like racing. He's like, he's really got to go. He like goes into one of the stalls at the end. We're like separated by two stalls. He has no idea about me. He plops down on the toilet super fast. And the most, the most ungodly fucking shitting noise of a sea of poop. And pee just flushing out of his system. And he's like, he's like screaming as he does it too. He's like letting out the best groan. And after it's all out, like there's like five seconds of silence. He says to himself in this like really gruff Irish voice. He's like, oh, that's a good shit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad we could start and end those stories on the same note. So, turns out that it was just Savannah in there the whole time. (laughs) Savannah did take a dialect class and can sound like a gruff Irish man, so I would not be surprised. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, man. Well, thank you to Diet Rice for writing in with your awesome story. Congratulations. You've got the biggest dick of the week. We love hearing about all your experiences, especially if they have to do with shitting violently into a toilet and getting to share them on our show. If you've got a story that you'd like us to share in our community news segment, please write to us. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form. Can't wait to hear from you. And now, guys, do you know what time it is? 
Um, time for a Nikki flavored segment with Nikki Sprinkles and a cherry on top. Nikki Sprinkles is my drag name. Wait, really? It is now. Uh, okay, John. I'm gonna have to spoil a surprise for this week's Nikki asks a question. I know you're moving soon, so I was on the prowl for a housewarming gift, and of course, I was looking for Rocky stuff, and holy shit, there is some really, really, really weird Rocky stuff out there. You know, that's funny, Nikki, because I was also just shopping around for housewarming gifts for Meg and Aaron after they move, and I, too, found a lot of really weird Rocky stuff. So, Aaron, maybe you can help us out here. Why in the fuck does some of this stuff exist? I mean, you'll need to be a little more specific than that. There is a ton of Rocky merchandise that's been produced over the years. Licensing was actually a really hot topic way back when. Yeah, they still sell Rocky stuff at Hot Topic. That is not what I meant. Uh, I meant that at the start of the fandom, like think 1975, 76, 77, like Fox had put very little effort into merchandising for Rocky Horror. They had a failed movie at that point. They were struggling to get the film into theaters. They were not thinking about shirts and buttons and bumper stickers. And the fans provided. There was so much bootleg merchandise, whether it was buttons stamped out at home, screen-printed logos on t-shirts or audience participation scripts. You would see entrepreneurs trawling the lines at sold-out midnight shows, hawking their handmade wares. Buy a button, get a bag of rice for only 25 cents. But don't think Fox would leave money on the table for long. We all know how it turned out. There's so much Rocky merchandise out there, and it's been pumped out for decades at this point. Shirts, vinyl, books, re-re-re-releases on new Ultra Blu-ray special editions with Richard O'Brien's colonoscopy footage. Wait, really? I don't, I don't have that one. I'll mail it to you. That's the stuff I want to talk about today. The weird shit that I came across... Some of this stuff that you could only go onto Amazon today and purchase is just, I don't know. I just, I don't know why it exists, but I need to. Right. So Aaron likes Rocky books. I know this. So I was searching. I didn't really expect to find anything because, I mean, what was I going to stumble on that Aaron didn't already have? But honestly, I wish I hadn't. Can we talk about this one book for one second? It's titled... It's just a jump to the left, the unauthorized guide to occult symbolism in the Rocky Horror Picture Show by Isaac Weishaupt. Oh yeah, I've got a copy of that. I I think I bought two. One of them went to someone in a Christmas white elephant gift exchange a few years ago. Oh, I bet it did. This is uh, quite the white elephant. Where does that come from? The book? No, white elephant. I've heard it called a dirty Santa, but what's it from? I'm sorry, a dirty Santa? Wikipedia confirms it, also known as a Yankee swap or a dirty Santa. The phrase white elephant is said to come from the historic practice of the King of Siam giving rare albino elephants to courtiers who had displeased him so that they might be ruined by the animal's upkeep cost. Which is actually a great description for this Rocky book, because anyone reading it and taking it seriously will be absolutely ruined. This is like run-of-the-mill crazy conspiracy theory nonsense with all the trappings you would expect. Global cabals, satanic rituals, hidden meanings, overt anti-Semitism. Oh, so it's like a Republican book. I wish you were wrong. 
Yeah, me too. No, this thing literally has chapters titled YOLO, The Fun Before Nihilism, Nazi Space Aliens, and The RHPS Story, Sex Magique. And, and that's magic with a CK. <clears throat> I won't lie. That sounds better than most of the chapter titles from real Rocky books. What, with their names and dates and facts and citations? Ugh. Wait, so the Transylvanians are Nazis. All right, I got to hear this. It, it It's really sad because this guy does not make a good case. I could make a better case than he does. But okay. He ties together a bunch of nonsensical UFO accounts from the 40s to Hitler and the Nazis' occult obsession. He, he then uses Dr. Scott as a link to Frank being in Nazi Germany, but he was sent forward in the future through a time-traveling Nazi experiment. And then he connects Rocky's creation to the Nazi eugenics programs, claiming that Magenta's line, Triumph of your will, in response to Rocky's creation, is a reference to the Nazi propaganda film, Triumph of the Will. He, he later spends a whole while on the triangle on Frank's lab costume, but I won't even repeat that garbage because it's 100% emphatically proven that the triangle has absolutely nothing to do with Nazis or the Holocaust. It was just something that was on the gown that they happened to use for the show. Absolute nonsense. I mean, that all sounds fucking nuts. How could you do better? Fuck, I can do better. Frank's jacket literally has a swastika on it. We've talked about it. It's on one of the patches on his sleeve. Hey, that's right. <laughs> Yet, this guy doesn't even mention it once. But, let's be real, this is not a book that is grounded in reality. It's like all the conspiracy theory occult nonsense out there, it's half-baked theories tied together with extremely thin threads, a bunch of misunderstood facts, some nonsensical numerology thrown in for fun, and a bunch of horribly mangled science. So it is a Republican book. Y yes, basically. There were a bunch of other weird books that I ran into. A couple I know we've mentioned before, like Confessions of a Transylvanian. Oh yeah, uh, Kevin Thies and Ron Fox's fictional but grounded in reality tale of a teenager in South Florida in 1982 who joins the late night Rocky Horror cast at the local theater. You've talked about it before. It's not a real story, but it's based on real stories? More like the inspired by true events disclaimers that you get on docudramas. I mean, I like this one a ton. It, it doesn't even really belong on a list of weird Rocky merch. I genuinely sat down and read through this entire book in a single day's sitting. It's not highbrow literature or anything, but it's a fun story, and I really liked getting a chance to read some fiction about Rocky. Didn't you just post about another fiction Rocky book the other day, too? Um... Was it Far From Grace by Brian Rockstraw? I haven't read that one yet. In fact, I had no idea it existed until I was browsing through a page on the old Rockypedia in the archive.org Wayback Machine. Turns out, just like Confessions of a Transylvanian, you can actually still buy a copy really easily. Just going off the Amazon description, this looks like a real, uh, well, it sure looks like a book. It's got pages and everything but what's it about i i told you i haven't read it emson says it's about a rocky horror cast alumni member who is reunited with members of the local rocky cast and he gets sucked into a plan to blackmail the owner of their theater in order to save the building from being destroyed so the script has me hating on this but this is absolutely like i feel like i ghost wrote this <laughs> <laughs> like 
Rocky people write some weird fanfic, but I'm fucking here for it. <laughs> so there's a gun on the cover, and its catch line is, get this, an old-fashioned tragedy about love, vengeance, blackmail, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> fucking cringe. I'll take ten. <laughs> I'll have to give you guys a full book review when I get through it. This one looks really weird, but, I mean, whatever. It's Rocky fiction. I'll read it. While we're on the topic of books, I feel like we have to mention the tragedy of Rocky, the very picture of horror. That's the Rocky done as a Shakespeare book. Listeners might remember when we covered it back on our second episode and did a reading from one of the sections. That one was a trip. It's funny. My cast director caught wind of this a little bit after we did. And he did like a live stream about it, which was really fun. My cast actually wants to do like a live production of this when it's available to start doing theater again. But now we actually read excerpts of this Shakespearean tragedy during bedroom scene in lieu of the scene since we can't do it. And it's a lot of fun just because like the audience really likes it. And it's like quirky and weird, but it's still enough of the actual plot that you understand what's going on. So we get a lot of laughs. Oh, I fucking love that. That is a fantastic solution. Yeah, I might have some videos I can send to you. But I suppose the best part of all these books, if there is one, is that you don't have to take our word about any of them. You can go buy every single one of these if you are so inclined. If you've read them, drop us a line with a review. It's actually kind of ridiculous the amount of Rocky Merce that is out there today and is just so stupid. I mean, we did an entire episode about the 2011 Rocky Horror Picture Show porno. You can still buy a copy on DVD today at retail price. Hey, don't knock it. There's some pretty good behind-the-scenes special features on that thing. There's there's even footage from the 35th anniversary convention. You can recognize all your friends in the background of the footage from the con. Only you. N no, Meg sat through them too. My point stands. I think it might be safe to say that a lot of the Rocky stuff that Aaron and Meg buy fits into that white elephant category. Like, I talked about it before, but you remember that Frank Sweet Tea tank top? The one that's, like, full bleed, and it's just a massive picture of Frank. The one that only comes in, like, extra or extra, extra large, and I am a small, sometimes a medium. <laughs> I saw that they're putting that on other stuff now, too, and I think people have just grabbed it and put it on all of those print-on-demand sites. Oh, man, don't even get me started about those print-on-demand t-shirt sites. It's bad enough that some people out there just steal people's artwork and resell it on shirts. They don't even try with half of this crap. Have you guys seen that 45th anniversary cast signature shirt? There's like four different versions of that thing, and they are all fucking awful in their own way. Uh, sweetie? What? You complaining the other day about needing to get some new shirts? Yeah? So how much did you hate that 45th anniversary one? Not that much. Good. I I thought it was licensed. It looks licensed. You see, I mean, that's where they get you. If you haven't seen it before, it's the shirt that has the Rocky logo. It's got Frank on the lips with 45th anniversary in big text and the date 1975-2020. Below, it's got all the cast members' signatures. It's honestly not a horrible looking shirt. I kind of like it. Take a closer look at it, though. How many signatures does it have? Six. And there are more than six members of the cast. 
It's got Peter Hinwood, Tim, Susan, Barry, Pat, and Nell. So who's Miss? Oh. Richard. Wow. 45th anniversary and they forgot the guy who made the thing. Even stupider is the way that it's advertised. You guys have seen this. Often it's a photoshopped image of Tim holding one up, but it's using a photo of Tim from before his stroke. I mean, these can't be licensed, can they? I I don't think so. I mean, maybe one version of them are, but like I've seen a bunch of variants of it. There's one with gold lettering on red. There's one with a starburst behind Frank. The gold one makes an absolute mess of the logo. It's got this janky-ass stroke and, like, this drop shadow behind it. It is completely against the brand guidelines that Fox published so many years ago. We still have access to those, thanks to the work of Sean Hall. Rather, I should say that we used to have access to them. Sean's websites recently disappeared off the internet. I've archived a lot of it, and I want to see about getting some of it out there again, but it's all in the archive.org Wayback Machine for now. That sucks. Hopefully some of that work can be preserved. But back to the shirt. I mean, not everyone pays that close of attention to stuff like the fonts. Okay, (laughs) how about this then? I even stumbled across a version of this shirt that replaces the top The Rocky Horror Picture Show with just The Rocky Horror Show. It, It... Kind of looks like a ripoff of the stage show logo. Maybe it's one of the international shows, but this one is just a whole different kind of stupid. That is dumb. It's a 45th anniversary shirt. The stage show didn't turn 45 in 2020. And it's got Peter Hinwood and Susan and Barry's signatures, none of whom were ever in a version of the stage show. Right. And the image is the movie logo. Right, which... I am so sure that every seller on Wish is paying royalties to use. That reminds me of that some of us grew up watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the cool ones still do, shirt that was making the rounds a few months ago. The one with the Mick Rock photo, you just know that wasn't officially licensed. You think Fox doesn't like to randomly use four different fonts on a shirt? Some versions of it even have the same sunburst pattern behind it that the 45th anniversary one does. I mean, I would love to be proven wrong, but maybe not. If this is what makes it past Fox Quality Assurance these days, we're in for a bad time come the 50th. Art theft is actually like a really big deal in the community. And it's funny because when me or like the other graphic designer in FNS, Heather, makes anything that seems like it would be, you know, like pleasing to the eye... Our director, Ryan, actually suggests that we watermark it. So if you look at like any of FNS's posters, if you have any or if you like see them on Facebook, if you look hard enough, you should see like a teeny tiny like Friday night specials hidden in the picture somewhere just so that it doesn't get like ripped on eBay. I mean, that's what you got to do these days. Like, yeah, any random Chinese company will just take the artwork and put it up on Wish and like, you yeah, have that's no control says. over it. Yeah. It's like a fun little game of, like, spot the Friday night specials. (laughs) (laughs) It also makes it super hard to shop for Rocky people, as I guess Meg knows all too well. I mean, I went on eBay earlier, and that's just as big of a mess. There's so many autographs, and everything is inundated with Etsy store bootleg merch. I don't even know where to begin. Oh, Jesus Christ, don't even get me started on those autographs. There was recently a discussion on the Rocky Horror Collected Works Facebook group specifically about the hundreds of Peter Henwood autographs that have been flooding eBay. Are those all fake? The vast majority of them 
are fake. Tony Pazuzu, a name that anyone familiar with collecting Rocky memorabilia should instantly recognize, pointed out that one of the quick telltale signs that many of those autographs are fake is that Peter always underlines his name. And there are maybe a handful out of the hundreds on eBay that compare favorably to known legitimate samples. I wondered that. Peter doesn't have anything to do with Rocky anymore, as near as I can tell, and I've never heard of him doing autographing sessions. I wondered where all these came from. Some guy's printer, apparently. Autographs in general are really sketchy to buy online, and honestly, personally, I don't see the point, unless it's, you know, someone who's passed away. For almost every single star, you can get a reputable autograph from their website or at a convention appearance. And tons of them do the online conventions or meet-and-greet sessions where you can also get autographs. You've just got to be real careful with that stuff. Always ask for certificates of authenticity, but realize that's not a guarantee either. So what else we got? What other weird Rocky merch can you buy right now? I don't know if these are still made, but I always thought that those Rocky Horror trading cards were kind of weird. Like, I get that baseball players and Pokemon cards and whatever, we have packs of them that FNS sells at our show and when we do events, like at the Punk Rock Flea Market. I bet they sell pretty well. People love collecting cards, I say, as I currently have all 151 original Pokemon cards from the base set, jungle set, and fossil set with all of the appropriate holographic cards that are sitting in a custom frame right above my recording studio right now. Fuck yeah, bruh. Fuck yeah, bro. And every time I get sad, I just look up at it, realize that I wasted $1,200 putting that together, and I get sadder. But Pokemon is at least a game. Rocky Horror cards, they're just screenshots from the movie, right? Like, what's the point? You know, there's actually some interesting, or not, uh, depending on how you come down on this, facts uh, that I can tell you about the Rocky Horror trading cards. Uh, there's actually two different sets of trading cards that were released. I am not surprised at all that you know that. <laughs> I mean, I do have an unopened box of each of the two different sets. L listen, I am a sucker for cards that come in packs. It is my inner trading card game nerd. Like, he loves cracking some magic packs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Jacob knows what I'm talking about. Oh my god. You said that there were two different versions of these? Yeah, okay, so there was the first version that was released between 1975 and 1980. That was by the Fantasy Trade Card Company. It was a set of 60 cards, and it was sold in six-card packs with 36 cards to a box. They also sold a complete set of all the cards in case you wanted to defeat the whole purpose of it and not actually collect them. Those are the ones that you probably have selling at your show. Seems like that completely defeats the point. <laughs> Looking back, kind of, but these these were great for their time. Some of the shots on the cards, I mean, albeit at a low grainy resolution, were stuff that people had never seen before. A lot of it was stills from the movie, but you had a few unique pictures, some of wedding scene and some of the Transylvanians. Uh, they were also really handy for costume reference photos or just to take to conventions and have the stars sign them. Also, because they were cheap, they made for good candidates to chop up and use them for fanzines or for promo artwork. And what about the second version? Was that just a reprint? Nah, that, that one was entirely new. In 1995, for the 20th anniversary, Comic Images released a set of 96 cards. 
Uh, six of these were ultra rare, chrome plated. Uh, three of Sweet Tea and three of Brad and Janet. There was also this like limited edition medallion card. That's just the appeal. Collecting something scarce. Well, artificially scarce. So this was put out by Comic Images. I'm sure almost nobody out there is familiar with the company. They went under several years ago, but they put out a ton of these kinds of non-sports trading cards. Uh, they also dabbled in trading card games as well. They were the designers of the World Wrestling Federation card game. So I was never super into wrestling, like the TV show, but this game had some amazing mechanics. They pretty much ruined it later in its run by having ultra-exclusive, mechanically unique cards as collectible items. You literally had a huge advantage just by getting cards that represented, like, title belts or other things, and you could only get them in very limited ways. I feel like we've strayed off topic. Or not. I think the moral is... Aaron will buy anything. That reminds me of that SNL skit from the 80s. The one with Meatloaf and Tim Curry. Tim and Meat's one-stop Rocky Horror Shop. What is this? So in 1981, Meatloaf guested on SNL, and as one of the skits, they got him and Tim Curry to do a Rocky Horror spoof. It was long and not really all that funny, but actually incredibly poignant to this conversation. So in the skit, Meat and Tim were selling satirically overpriced official Rocky Horror props, like water pistols, newspapers, and toast for just eight bucks a slice, which is what they announced, to the midnight market. As an ironic illustration of the endless money-making possibilities seized by studios, another of the sketch's jokes have Meat and Tim hawking licensed Rocky Horror costumes and a book outlining all the callback lines to scream during the movie. These were obviously absurd jokes. Half the fun of dressing up for Rocky was putting it together yourself, and a book that outlined the spontaneous callbacks was ridiculous. But those exist. I know they exist. Aaron has them. There are official costumes endorsed by Fox and the official audience participation book. These are real things. Life imitates art, eh? They're more like sell anything to make a buck. I mean, you aren't wrong. Rocky fans are an endless fountain of cash. I mean, there are many in the community that literally revel in buying the same movie over and over just because it has different box art. In the last 50 years, if there was something to stick the lips and logo on, it probably happened. In fact, I, I know it happened. Cosmetics, casino chips, condoms. I mean, those are just the C's. Wait, condoms? Oh man, they're actually a pretty popular item that gets sold at the stage show. They were especially prevalent during the 90s. That makes sense. The 90s had the whole safe sex message really being picked up all over the media and even being incorporated into the Rocky Horror Show. Because, you know, AIDS. Tons of these condoms were sold over the years. Two of the most, I want to say, hilarious were in 1999 for the West End season at the Victoria Palace Theater starring Jason Donovan as Frank. There were multiple versions, one in a wrapper with Jason's coming, are you, scrawled on the side, and the second that was attached to sticks of Rocky Horror Rock Candy with have a sucking good time scrawled down the length. Classy. And that's our show. We want to thank Diet Rice for writing in to share their humongous schlong with us. We also want to thank Jacob for joining us on air. If you've got a question you'd like us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question or some community news you'd like us to talk about, 
or even a cool story to showcase your magnum dong to the entire community, we'd love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to share with us. We all really love getting to hear about the cool shit you guys have been working on. We're totally obsessed with all the Rocky Horror projects that have been floating around out there, and we really enjoy getting to share your work with the whole community. Plus, if your cast is working on something fun, a virtual show, or maybe even a real-life show, send that in too, and we'll help spread the word. Pee-pee-poo-poo. <laughs> If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, which really helps us grow the show. Wiener. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. All at Rocky Talkie Podcast. Peacock. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Uh, I think the coolest part about this past week is that I'm officially in summer. Okay, cobweb. <clears throat> All right. Well, with that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, how do I transition that? Speaking of horrible ideas. Mark began seeing Jane in 1985 and rumors of some weird menage a Troy shit between Rod, Jane, and Freddie sprang up in the tabloids sometime around 2008. But true to his Brad roots, Freddie and Jane were pretty vanilla and they ended up getting married in 2016. Uh, menage a Troy. Menage a Troy. Menage a Troy. Menage a Troy. Or, yeah, you should say it really, really, really wrong so then Hadrian yells at you. Maynage. Maynage a Troy. And rumors of some weird menage a Troy. <laughs> <laughs> rumors of some weird menage a Troy. Oh my god, now I can't even say it right. Rumors of some weird menage a Troy shit between Rod, Jane, and Freddy sprang up sometime in the tabloids around 2008. Can we say it and not pronounce the word shit? I was about to say, why, shit. You, you, were, you were totally American, and then when you said shit, you went shit. Shit! <laughs> oh my god. Mark began seeing Jane in 1985, and rumors of some weird menage a trois shit between Rod, Jane, and Freddy sprang up in the tabloids sometime around 2008. Better? Yeah. Fuck you okay. all. <laughs> And dragging his name through the mud, just like his long. <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> Shit, man. Everyone is just out here shitting on Barry and dragging his name through the mud, just like his long, pendulous phallus dragging through the mud as he walks pantsless over a pile of mud. Shop owner Sean Watson runs the shop. <laughs> yes he does <laughs> that's right whoever that's right meg he does indeed <laughs> twitch streamer john streams on twitch hey store waitress fruit. nikki is a waitress at stewart's uh what else we got uh pro software developer aaron tidwell developed software wow yeah
What are weekly world news? It's a UK tabloid. Okay. It's a US tabloid. It's a US tabloid? Yeah, Bat Boy. Hello. I thought it was a U- Which one's the UK tabloid? I don't know. I Google. It's yeah. nothing come up. Weekly world news. <gasps> it's US from 1979 to 2007. Huh. I used to buy them at the grocery store every week. I used to read highlights. Okay. Okay. I'm not Summertime. doing that. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> but you're such a good listener and always listen to my many, 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 many deeply crushing, soul-repelling problems. And you give me such good advice. Yes, I sure do. <sighs> oh, God. What am I? Oh, no. <laughs> just waiting for John. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to just get your full reaction out. <laughs> I just, I need a little time. This really needs, I need to sit with this. Why wouldn't you just kill the animal if it costs a lot to keep? Because you, you, that, what? It was a gift from a king, Jacob. You can't just kill things that kings give you. I mean, you absolutely can. You're just not trying hard enough if you think you can. Why didn't your parents kill you if you cost too much to keep? Because once I was in the pageant circle, I was making a lot more than, than the uh, applesauce it took to feed me every week. I mean, so are these white elephants. I guess so. I guess so. The 90s had the whole, like, safe sesk. The 90s had the old... Fuck me. Classy. 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 Classy? Classy. I just wanted to give her options. Yo, wow. I've been farting this entire recording, so Meg, I'm so sorry if you just hear me ripping <laughs> oh ass God. in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm gonna turn the volume up on all of your farts and do a blooper reel that was like your burp reel that's just farts. Yep, I, I hope you bye. can hear them. Bye! I have a question. Bye. Everybody say bye first. Bye. Bye.